Hello and welcome to Sook Sports Sunday. Oh man, I love sports. I love football. What a great championship weekend. We are going to dive right into those games, uh, plus talk a little bit of head coaching news and some college news. Uh, following that, for any of you who don't just listen to the football segments, a lot in the Australian Open. Great stuff coming at you today, so strap it and suit up. It's in Sports Sunday. Weekend coming off that amazing divisional round. Granted, uh, tonight's game, the NFC Championship, did not end in a walk-off fashion. So for the first game in seven games, we have one without a walk-off. But holy heck, what what an exciting game! Really, really great. Uh, granted, um, truth be told, I'm a little exhausted. I woke up at 3 a.m. to watch the finals of the Australian Open which was also very exciting. Also, the semifinals were exciting. Sports are exciting, guys. Uh, this is awesome. I am so pumped. I, I never, ever in a million years would have thought with the Cowboys and the Steelers going out in one day within hours of each other, I would be so hyped for sports this soon. Uh, and I am. And the Olympics are next week. This is this is great. So uh, let's get it started. Let's start with the football games. First of all, we had the NFC Championship, which I predicted on Friday in my Six Sports Minute would be Chiefs and cover. Um, I did say I give myself the room for error. Make, laugh at me all you want. I am so impressed by this Bengals team. I said the Bengals team could be the difference maker. I said that last weekend as well, a uh, week ago today, uh, and they were. This is this team was getting run all over, um, had no answer. We had Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Mercole Hardman, all scoring in the first half. And then this, I, I don't know. I want to know what the half game speech was to the defensive players. I want to know what the changing game plan was. Because uh, all of a sudden they started getting to Patrick. We started with punt, punt, interception to start the second half. And this Chiefs uh, offense that could not stop scoring. I mean, we had what, seven, eight, nine consecutive touchdowns going back to the end of the Bills game. Could could not be stopped, and then boom! All of a sudden, nothing at all. What what a remarkable remarkable turn of events for Cincinnati. Um, also, they protected Joe Burrow a little better today. Did not get sacked nine times. This offensive line shored up like nothing you would believe, giving up only one sack on the day. Uh, three tackles for loss, but four total is way way better than the nine aggressive aggressive sacks Burrow had to undergo last week um un unbelievable honestly when this game was 21 to 3 I had some hope uh, and I also had a little bit of a parlay going with Jamar Chase um, was really hoping he would get his touchdown which he did in the third quarter thank God um so I was hoping they'd come back but wasn't really sure then we have 21 unanswered points in the most creative way possible with two field goals and the two-point conversion on the Jamar Chase money-winning touchdown for me, uh, which put them in the lead. 
So then you have this Bengals defense in rarefied air, having held the leading drive to a punt, next drive to a punt, interception, then a punt, uh, then unfortunately giving up an interception, but forcing a punt after that into this field goal um, to finally take this lead, this 21 unanswered points. So you have Patrick Mahomes, who took only 13 seconds to drive down the field and get a field goal last week with six minutes and four seconds. And all of a sudden, I'm texting my dad going, all right, so if the Chiefs score here and get the touchdown, do the Bengals have enough time to come back and score? You know, uh, how, how, do they, how do they game plan this to, to have another chance to get the ball back? Well, this defense again stepped up, taking them the whole way in uh, just one Two, two first downs to get to the two-minute warning, driving down the field, and then stuffing them, stuffing them, absolutely stuffing them uh, on first and goal from the five, and then second and goal from the four, then uh, throwing them back another five yards with another sack. Patrick Mahomes is the one getting sacked today, uh, making him kick the field goal. Also, if you go back to the first half, there were three free points on the field, and Pat Holmes uh, told everybody, hey, get, get off the field. I, I want another chance at this and throws this ball inbounds after using their last timeout to a little curl route, and all of a sudden we have the end of the half on the pass to Tyreek Hill for no gain and uh, no no time, no time for a field goal. Guess what? I am well aware of bad clock management as a Dallas Cowboy fan. Those are three free points, and that's all that would have mattered. But anyway... So we, we go, they do end up kicking the field goal, which is the first points of the entire second half after going nine consecutive drives with touchdowns besides half-ending plays for Kansas City. And they hold them to a field goal the entire second half and a long field goal. It takes them six minutes and four seconds to score a field goal. Remarkable. Well, then you have the coin toss. And, uh, you know, people say, hey, Josh Allen couldn't have done more last week. Well, he could have called heads. Well, this week they do call heads, and, of course, it is tails. And the Chiefs get the ball, and I'm like, oh, great. So we're going to have another Travis Kelsey walk-off to end this. Um, guess what? It was not in the cards. This Bengals defense could not be denied. Um, it was a little check down to Tyreek Hill, and Von Bell came out of nowhere and just snatched it, just snatched it right out of the air, goes down, and all of a sudden, this is Cincinnati's game to lose. It is no longer the first possession. A field goal wins it, and all of a sudden, I start thinking, of big old Mr. Clutch, Evan McMoney, McPherson, uh, and all of the... Oh, by the way, last week I said that quarterback said to him that, oh, well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. Turns out it was not. It was the other way around. He told the backup quarterback, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game, which again uh, goes to that point that I said that Joe Burrow just exudes this confidence um, because you, you have a kicker who, yes, was drafted in the fifth round and has now proved his worth many times over, but a kicker saying, we got it, and I, I can't wait to hear the stories of what he said before this one. So they drive down after stuffing them, getting the interception, and boom, a 31-yard field goal, 21 yards less than the 52-yarder game winner last week. Um, McPherson sinks it in, no doubt. Uh, I, I almost uh, thought they were going to score another touchdown on this drive. They they They... Could have if they wanted to. They could not be stopped at that point of the game uh, and win it. And, and so how about that? You have the Bengals back-to-back -back weeks with field goals to walk off. So the Bengals have only been to the Super Bowl twice in their entire history, taking down the team. And I said this in my Six Sports Minute on Friday. 
taking down the team that's been in two consecutive. Well, I, I honestly, I, I really wanted the Bengals to win this one. I just, I thought Bengals Rams would be a hell of a matchup in no way threatening any of my franchise records by the Cowboys and Steelers. You have a zero Super Bowl win team and a one Super Bowl win team. I thought it'd be really good for football and just didn't think it was going to happen, especially when they were down 21 to three. And what a showing by this Bengals team. Cincinnati, just the best part about the Super Bowl is if you're in the Super Bowl, you get two victory Mondays. You get to wake up on Monday like crazy tomorrow. The entire city of Cincinnati, get your skyline chili, have a party. It should be awesome. And then you get to do it again. You get to be, oh, oh, how does your guy do in the Pro Bowl? Well, I, I wouldn't know because my guy's practicing for the Super Bowl. Um, what what a phenomenal showing by them. And, and guess what, guys? We can now, again, say defense wins championships because divisional round, that was not the case. Um, just, just wasn't, especially in one of the best football games I've ever watched last week with the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, but today it did. Today, you had a defense come out and allow only three points in the second half in overtime, which allowed their offense to come down from 18 down to win this game uh, uh, with an interception in overtime on Pat Mahomes. I mean, how many times does Pat Mahomes not get to go down the field and score a field goal? That That's unreal to me. Uh, th this was great. This was just awesome. I'm so happy for the city of Cincinnati. If you are a Bengals fan, do everything you can. I got two uh, three Sooners, three Sooners, two Sooner running backs with Samaj P. Ryan, uh, who still, I believe, holds the NCAA record single game, uh, 427 yards against Kansas, single game rushing record. Uh, and Joe Mixon, who, by God, I, I'll probably still ride him on the prop bets next week. Uh, and then Evans at, at offensive line. So um, just great. Happy to see three Sooners. That was also another fun fact. Coming into this weekend, no matter what team won, a Oklahoma Sooner was guaranteed to get a ring. Uh, there were nine active Sooners on rosters this weekend and at least one for every team. That is tied for the most active players from a single university in this weekend, uh, tied. So very, very impressive and, and happy for my Sooners. Happy someone's getting a ring and would not mind if it was the Bengals. So uh, finally, what, 27-24, Bengals defeat the Chiefs. Joe Burrow, 250 yards, two touchdowns, that late interception, that did not hold him back. Thank goodness. Uh, Pat Mahomes still had himself a day, 275 yards, three touchdowns. But the two interceptions, uh, especially the one in overtime, those will kill you. Um, look, the Chiefs aren't going anywhere. They are coming back, uh, especially McKinnon. This offseason is going to just really meld with this franchise, I believe. I thought Hilaire was going to do amazing things for them, but I really think McKinnon is um, something they've been missing, just th that sustainable running game. Um, really great team. I mean, they're not going anywhere. They they are the next dynasty, and today the Bengals just had their number on defense. So, very impressive. Congrats, Cincinnati. Congrats, Joe Burrow. Congrats, uh, money, Evan McPherson. Go go, party it up, and uh, then then get back to practice, because you, you got a game in two weeks. So, woo! So, then, we have the NFC Championship. As I alluded earlier, uh, this game not ending in walk-off fashion, but just as exciting. Uh, Really phenomenal football. So the Rams and the 49ers, they had already played twice this year. So this is the third time they were going head-to-head. -head. Uh, 49ers won the first one pretty aggressively uh, back in November, 31-10. to Then you had uh, last week of the season, 49ers winning again, 27-24 to in overtime. Um, 
a lot of people thought, well, maybe the 49ers just have their number. I, as I reported in my Sook Sports Minute on Friday, did not believe so, uh, mostly because of the play of the quarterback. At the end of the day, they, they both have a lot of guys. Uh, there, there's a couple podcasts out there that like to list all the guys that they have, but they do. I mean, if you think of names you know, both of these teams are stacked with them. But at the end of the day, uh, two guys mattered more than anyone else, and that was Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Uh, by the way, Cooper Cup, not not advocating for betting here, but if you were going to, uh, he has scored a touchdown in every single playoff game so far for the Rams. That is a pretty pretty good trend, I'd have to say. Uh, one to start off the game today, uh, followed by another one later. The Cardinals-Rams game to start the playoffs uh, was the first touchdown of the second half and then started off the second quarter with the Rams-Buccaneers. Uh, so, so look, when, when the quarters change over and they're ready to go score, they, they go to their guy, Cooper Cup, who is, I mean, he is that guy. He won the Triple Crown this year. He's, he's unbelievable. The things he does with the ball and yards after catch, some of these receptions should not even count as a passing touchdown because it's it's a five-yard check down that he turns into an 80-yard play or a 70-yard play that, uh you know, sets up the game-winning field goal. I mean, uh, he's unbelievable. Cooper, Cooper Cup, if, if we are going to give the MVP to not a quarterback this year, give, give it any year, any year. If we're ever going to not give the MVP to a quarterback, give it to Cooper Cup this year. I am all in on Team Cooper Cup. Um, I was also in on him on my parlay and a uh, prop in-game touchdown. So way to go, Cooper Cup. I'm all a big fan of you, which is very impressive because touchdowns were kind of hard to come by today. Uh, so we had this, obviously, Cooper Cup scoring the first one of the game, which happened to be on the opening drive of the second quarter for Los Angeles. Um, but this this game was uh, getting out of Los Angeles' hands a little bit. So you had the Debo Samuel. 44-yard pass from Jimmy G. Then you uh, followed by the field goal, followed by the George Kittle catch, and all of a sudden, 17-7 going into the fourth quarter. Well, 10-point deficit, fourth quarter, playoff game. You're not you're not expecting much, and this has been a pretty defensive struggle. You've had one really aggressive drive, um, pr- pretty solid play from from your entire offense, but but not able to convert it into points. Um, however, boom, cue that guy, Cooper Cup, 11-yard touchdown pass from Matt Stafford after a wonderful drive, multiple other passes to Cooper Cup. Here, I'm just going to read the stat line. 11 receptions, 142 yards, two touchdowns. Unbelievable performance. Set up a lot of these. Most of those, I don't have the exact statistic, most of those were on third down or and goal situations. When when Stafford needs a guy to go to, he's, he's there. Um, just ready he's just ready to catch he always finds a hole and will make something happen uh he's a guy who you feel comfortable checking down the ball behind the sticks because you think he can get there if he's got one guy to beat he's probably going to beat him uh but then came back and then two drives to set up the field goals uh to get this to 17 20 and then obviously the ultimately game ceiling interception uh, I did love this because we had two interceptions one that set up the field goal in overtime and one that sealed the drive uh, in regulation on the after the huge offensive explosion of last week, especially in the final game, it was like, okay, does does defense win championships? Like I've said that my entire life. That's like a smart football guy thing to say. 
Uh, well, guess what? Two interceptions, sealed games today. And that is just phenomenal. What what a good day. Oh, I, I, I digress. This originally started with there is one guy who's better than another guy, and that guy is Matt Stafford, who is better than Jimmy G. Uh, he is probably not as good as Matt, Pat Mahomes. To be fair, in his first year, not on the Lions, he's, he's done some pretty phenomenal things. And that's even with the growing pains of new rosters and everything and adding Odell to the mix. Um, yeah, but pro- probably not a Pat Mahomes. Maybe not even a Joe Burrow, but definitely better than an injured Jimmy Garoppolo and probably better than a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. I No, no hate on Jimmy G. I, I've loved what you've done. You win. You win games. I If you had one today, I would have nothing to say about your performance. Um, today, you didn't do enough to win. And uh, one of those late interceptions was game ceiling. Um, but so Matthew Stafford, obviously, obviously an upgrade on Jimmy G. And with that hip pocket of the best receiver in football who should win the MVP. There, I'm starting it today. Hashtag cup for MVP, cup MVP. I don't know. I don't know how we should hashtag this. But let's do it. Let's get it out there because this... It should happen. I, I think there is no player who has more directly affected their team for good, and that happens to be a team that is going to the Super Bowl, than Cooper Cup. Um, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but took over this game. And look, Stafford, uh, 337 yards, two touchdowns. Yes, he did have the interception early. Uh, luckily, bookended by punts, uh, thanks to this Rams defense. Also, uh, it's not even fair that I'm sitting here going, ah, yes, the, the Rams. Well, Stafford's better than Jimmy G, and that is why they won. Because this defense, I mean, when you have Jalen Ramsey and he's not even the top three best players on your defense, how stacked is this defense? Any Anyone has to go against Aaron Donald. Anyone who has to go against Von Miller. Okay, maybe maybe three. I guess I guess Jalen Ramsey can be indeed three. Um, but, but that's not even it. That, what did I say? This is a team of guys. This is names you know going out there playing football, and they did. Um, unbelievable. They did. They could not sack Jimmy G today. They could not get to him. But on the final play of the game, if you get an interception, because of the quarterback pressure, you're affecting the game enough. I mean, four tackles for losses, three QB hits, and obviously the most important stat on defense is points against, which was just 17. Um, look, D- Debo Samuel is such a dynamic player. Also, his his moment after the game, going over to Odell, that those two hugging up, um, Odell going over to him rather, just, just great. I mean, I I love it when guys respect other guys, especially guys like Odell who are not always on the ground, um, and and going over to to such a dynamic athlete like Debo Samuel, really really found that touching. Uh, and George Kittle, who, who's a Hall of Fame tight end, so so sure you you got one touchdown each from them, and that that's all. Uh, defense was good enough. I mean, 17 points is the least points given up of the entire day by at least a touchdown. So that that is really an impressive performance. Um, and, and this offense, this offense really can work. They've got a lot of weapons. And and we aren't even talking about a crazy pass to Odell and how much it meant to lead him in the offseason. Uh, really exciting. So also, obviously, Rams playing at home. One and now in two weeks we'll host at SoFi the LA Super Bowl, the first ever Super Bowl in that stadium. Uh, and so we go from never ever having a team win. I know I talked about this last week, but I still find it exciting. Never having a team win in their home stadium to last year the Buccaneers winning it in Tampa Bay, uh, and this year 
maybe the Rams winning it at home at SoFi. Uh, that is that is just so cool to me. Still think we need to host another Super Bowl in Dallas, so maybe Dallas can win another one when I'm not four years old. Um, so h- how about that? We have our matchup. So the Super Bowl is set. It is the Rams versus the Bengals, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.13, day before Valentine's Day, so make sure to do your shopping before that on NBC. Um this should be exciting. This should be exciting. This Bengals defense, if it could do that to the Chiefs, I would like to see what it does to the Rams. I think they're comparable. I do I do think the Chiefs' offense is better. Uh, but the Rams have been getting it done this year, and I don't know, play, playing, in, playing at home. I mean, that some, some something really – I mean, obviously, the Bengals went into Arrowhead today, which is so impressive, by the way. I, I don't want to get off my Bengals high horse because I, I am so – very impressed by them. I I wanted them to win, but had very, very little faith, and they did it, and they pulled it off. I'm very impressed. Um, but yeah, playing at home, even though the Bengals are the home team, technically, that's fun. Um, but I, th- I think this should be a good game. I think uh, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow are comparable. Uh, I think Joe Mixon is probably better than Sonny Michelle by a little bit, but I think Cooper Cup is I mean, Jamar Chase is is amazing, but I think Cooper Cup is the best. Should be the MVP. I'm going to keep putting it out there. So th- this this should be a great football game. I don't think there is a line out yet. Ah, okay. Early line is Rams minus four. Uh, that is interesting, obviously, because that gives you a field goal loss is still a win or vice versa. Uh, under at 49 and a half. Um, gut gut reaction. I say take the over a because it's the Super Bowl and people like points and they get a lot of rest for the timeouts and you know ha- hammer the over in the Super Bowl. I mean that's one of the oldest sporting gimmicks in the game. Uh, so hammer the over because um, that would have hit in one of the games and we we don't have the San Francisco defense which is slowing people down today. Um, so I I I go for the over in that one. And early, early vibes, I, I guess I would definitely go the Rams money line. Rams minus four is going to be tight. Um, I could I could see I, I could see a game-winning field goal either way, actually, honestly. Um, I'll do a little more analysis of this. I won't put out a recap um, this Friday because that's way too long before the game and I need to check some more injury stuff. Um but look, I, I, if I had to pick, I'd say Rams money line and the over. Um, but but I, I will definitely look into this because Cincinnati, man, they, they impressed me today, and I would not be surprised if they impressed me again. Um, but how cool is that? You have the Rams playing for their first Super Bowl in L.A., uh, only one Super Bowl to their name at, in either city, in St. Louis or L.A. Bengals making it to two Super Bowls but never winning one. Uh, first one in what, since 89, so 30 years, 30-plus um, years. So great great for the Bengals. I mean, I mean, they, they went from a joke about a text that they'd never won a playoff game to to being in the Super Bowl. So way, way to go, both these franchises. Absolutely awesome. So the, the Super Bowl is set, and I cannot wait to watch it. So a little more on NFL news um, because there's, there's more to say. Uh, so Tom Brady... Mm, if you want to know what I think is actually going on, so if any of you have missed it, 
just about everywhere tweeted that Tom Brady was retiring, quote, sources. Uh, I think Adam Schefter was first to report. Go figure. Uh, then very soon following that, the uh, organization, the Bucks and Bruce Arians came out and said Tom is nowhere near deciding it. Uh, then you have his agent kind of coming in the middle and saying, hey, I'm not going to speak on the validity of whether this is true or not. But the only one who will speak on the exact accurate status of Tom Brady is Tom Brady himself. Uh, so I did a little more digging into this. From what I can tell, there is a $15 million portion of Tom Brady's signing bonus that kicks in on February 4th. Um, I would happen to think that if someone was going to retire and lose possible benefits, they might wait until February 4th to announce that decision. Um, look, I know I went on a big tirade last week about how I didn't think he was done. Maybe he is. Uh, maybe he really is done, and I think he is done. I definitely think whether he is done or not, we will not hear from him until after February 4th. Um, but look, he has such a story career. 22 years, seven Super Bowls, uh, more Super Bowls by himself than any franchise, because, you know, you have the Steelers and the Patriots at six. Um, uh, unbelievable. Uh, I mean, he's legendary. And I, I told you last week, I, I couldn't like him, but I had to respect him. And and if he retires, I might have to like him just for what he did for the game. I mean, my entire life, uh, especially my adult life watching the NFL, Tom Brady has been a factor in that. And so if he is going to go, I, I have nothing but respect and happiness for him. Uh, get your $15 million and, and be be the best. You have a career that if you split it into three different careers, they would all be Hall of Fame careers. I mean, I mean, look at Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, by the way, <laughs> Tom Brady tweeted. He goes, hey, you know, congrats to Big Ben on his retirement. You know, foregone or forewent the TB12 method for, you know, rub some dirt on it and play through the pain and or something. I'm paraphrasing horribly. Uh, and, but you know, forgive me, but this is the gist. And still, what a, what an amazing, you know, Hall of Fame, six-time pro ball career, you know, way to go. Um, first of all, I thought that was like the most backhanded compliment because uh, he's like, hey, you know, I look great at, you know, old and Big Ben doesn't, uh, but he's still pretty good. Um, but that's what I'm saying, though, is Big Ben's career was amazing. Uh, he will be a Hall of Famer. I, I have no doubt uh, for what he did for Pittsburgh, what the city did for him. I mean, two, two Super Bowls, getting to send the bus out on a Super Bowl win uh, very early in his career. He, he will be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, 100%. If you multiplied his career times three, it is not a Tom Brady career. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Tom Brady's career could literally be split into three and have three Hall of Fame careers that's that's unbelievable. So uh, if you are done, I, I will wait until February fifth to hear from you. Uh, but but get your money and go go enjoy your life, man. You you are the best that has ever done it. If if that ever changes or is ever in question, then then I'd love to see someone else's argument because I I will never ever forget watching you play football. So so congrats, TB twelve, on an amazing career. May it go one week longer to collect your signing bonus. Um, but but seriously, congrats. Uh, as I mentioned during all of that, obviously Big Ben did make it official. Um, I, I feel like it's been official since week eight that this was his last season, but but there was 
very, very rarely a time that was a quote without a hypothetical. Uh, but, but good, good, good for Big Ben as well. I, I also love, um, so a couple years ago, Steelers got James Conner uh, after recovering from cancer from Pittsburgh to come and play uh, and really was a weapon for them. Very sad that it didn't pan out that he stayed. Uh, to that vein, I would love for them to pick up Kenny Pickett. I think in this quarterback light draft where you aren't going to have, you know, people using their top five picks probably on a quarterback unless you are completely desperate, um, that could be could be a move. Um, and, and he could be available. I would love to see Kenny Pickett go from uh, the Panthers to the Steelers. I think that would just be awesome. Uh, also, Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to say 95% likely he is not going back to the Packers. Um, that is that is every vibe I get. That is everything I have read. That is every quote from him. Uh, could be another potential spot for him in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't think that is the only spot. I think there's lots of potential for him, but could be. Also, as I reported earlier this week, uh, Sean McVay has stepped away from the Saints. Uh, it is becoming clearer and clearer to me that he is not going to be a coach in the NFL this year, in 2022. Um, but do not, I, I still think, as I reported, but maybe maybe a little too aggressively happy, uh, him coming back next year, especially as a possibility for the Cowboys, if McCarthy underperforms again, could, could be a potential in 2023. Speaking of the Cowboys, Dan Quinn has been retained, turned down a head coaching job, uh, Jerry apparently was playing it close to the uh, the vest with McCarthy because he wanted to leave the possibility that maybe they were promoting Dan Quinn to the head coach to not you know show all his cards for other teams looking at Dan Quinn uh, and Kellen Moore. But I think I think the buzz has kind of died down on Kellen Moore, especially when you look at some of the offensive production and how it has waned at the end of seasons. Um, but as of now, the Cowboys have retained all three of their coaches. Two of them, uh, McCarthy, I mean, is happy to stay. And Dan Quinn has now been signed to an extension. Uh, and Kellen Moore uh, presumably will stay. But so, I I interesting news there, I, I do think. I, I do, I still have a gut feeling that Sean is going to, not Sean McVay. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Sean Payton. If I said Sean McVay earlier, please, please don't don't tweet at me. I, I don't. Sean Payton. Sean McVay is still very much happy and coaching right where he is in L.A. Uh, Sean Peyton stepped away. Woof. I'm not going to go back and fix that because it's late and I'm excited and exhausted from tennis. Um, but yes, Sean Peyton stepped away. I still have a feeling Sean Peyton will end up in Dallas. Uh, just just too much. Too much love there. Too much love. They, they loved him when he was a coordinator. They already gave him a raise to keep him there when he was a coordinator. Lots of stuff. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how this coaching carousel going. Uh, apparently, also according to sources... Uh, they are looking at Harbaugh to fill the Minnesota vacancy, which I think would be kind of crappy at this point because uh, National Signing Day is days away uh, and early signing period and everything is already done. And for 90% of schools, uh, last Friday was when you needed to enroll to, uh, to start spring classes and uh, thus play spring ball. So... Uh, well, it would be kind of crappy, and I f would feel bad for the Michigan players, but, uh, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. Um, but there, there there you go. Lot, lots of NFL stuff, uh, but mostly just so excited about this weekend of football. Uh, when football is this good, it makes me excited 
all over again, even when my teams are out of it. So uh, cheers to a happy Super Bowl. If you only like the NFL stuff, turn it off now or skip to the end if you want to hear. It's a dope song, so I don't I don't begrudge you that. Um, but there you go. That was a, that was NFL recap. Uh, On to a little bit of college football. Uh, I know I touched on it, but Harbaugh could could be going. So that would kind of open up the coaching carousel again. Um, And also a lot of weird stuff. So if you're following the Caleb Williams saga, so Caleb Williams, if you don't know, which you should, quarterback for University of Oklahoma, uh, stepped on during the OU Texas game, led Oklahoma to its second biggest comeback in program history, 21-point win against their number one rival, Texas, uh, and then petered out a little bit at the end of the season uh, when he when he got against some of the cloud coverages. Um, but still, phenomenal guy. Would have been a Heisman frontrunner going into next year. Entered the transfer portal. Uh, so, uh, kind of said he was just testing the waters. A lot of people thought maybe he'd come back to Oklahoma. A lot of people thought he might uh, follow Tebow. Um, uh, for those of you who are not, angry OU fans. Uh, that is Lincoln Riley stands for uh, that biatch out West. Um, but th- thought he might follow him out there. Uh, Mario Williams, his big receiver who he, uh, a lot of chemistry with did go out there to USC. Well, now we have deadlines passing. So to enroll for OU, uh, spring ball passed USC technically passed. Uh, now granted, both of those can go away with waivers. Um, now, all of a sudden, Wisconsin coming out of left field, which which I would actually, I would cheer from Wisconsin, um, especially with Harbaugh maybe leaving and, and me not liking Ohio State. Uh, no offense to Ryan Day, just don't like him. Um, plant the flag. But uh, so that could happen. Apparently, his father is getting in the middle of this and just interfering with all these NIL deals, trying to get him money now to the point that if he misses all the spring ball, there's a possibility of him going to the USFL, uh, which starts in about two months, would be the Spring Football League. Um, this league, by the way, I, I'm excited about. It, it's going to have a lot more structure. Look, I wanted to be a Renegades fan. It was basically uh, Sooners Part 2 with Stoops at the helm uh, and Landry Jones, who was the quarterback in most of my college time there at OU. Uh, but, but they have to make money, and if they don't make money, uh, this one I think will just just for my two cents, uh, I think the the people running it are a little bit smarter with, with what actually makes money. Like, you, you can only sell so many jerseys, but you got to sell TV rights. And uh, so I think the USFL should, should should make a little more money. But but could you imagine Caleb Williams, who could have been a Heisman frontrunner? And so I'm talking, you know, seven-figure seven NIL deal. Like, like no no doubt. Uh, maybe maybe multi-seven-figure NIL deals. Um Going to the USFL, which I have not seen any salary so far, but but it can't it can't be that right, um, and may, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but but first year startup of a of a new league. Granted, I think uh, in some iteration or other before the XFL, it was around for about three years. But but not paying million dollar contracts. Um, now you only have to sit out from uh, three years removed from high school which is not an NCAA thing, it's an NFL thing. So hypothetically, if he played in the USFL, that could get him closer to the pros. But but what what a mess. What a mess we have gotten into in this world of NIL because there is no reason why Caleb Williams should not be playing for Oklahoma next year. And now, uh, I mean, rumor is he went back and they said, no, nah, we're good because uh, they, they got the great transfer in Dillon out of UCF. Um, 
and uh, two two more recruits. I mean, they, this is going to be a stacked class, and and could turn them away because they don't want to deal with the NIL stuff. Um, just just absolutely crazy. Uh, speaking of, just one little toot for Oklahoma. BV Coach Venables, absolutely killing it. Uh, he has assembled a staff just to be lauded like nobody's business. Uh, I've seen it on a lot of lists, and it is in the top three of every list I've seen of coaching hires in the offseason um, and, and the staff he's built around him. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, Lincoln Riley got the bag and great, great hire for them out at USC. Um, but now, if they don't get Caleb Williams and Dart transferred out, they have a walk-on freshman quarterback. So what the hell are they going to do? But that's another story. I digress. I'm getting into that. Um, but anyway, lot, lots of stuff. Very happy for the coaching that has gone on for Oklahoma in the offseason. Very confused about the Caleb Williams saga. Uh, very hopeful that Harbaugh stays for those commits. Um, National Signing Day, by the way, coming this week. I will be reporting on that. Look out for a Sooks Sports Minute on that, uh, either at noon if most stuff is broken or if we're waiting on any big commitments, I will give you one later that day when everything is finalized. Uh, but should should be great. Um, I know that was all over the place for college football, uh, but very excited for all of it and very excited for the Super Bowl. So there, if you are a football-only fan, uh, here you go, Six Sports Sunday. Um, there, that was just, just for you guys. All right, if you are any other sports fan, uh, holy heck, uh, the Australian Open got so overshadowed this week, mostly because of the time change. Um, the majority of games were either at 10.30 p.m. or 3.30 a.m. I did a little preview this weekend for the games uh, twice, actually. I, I gave a recap of the uh, the Rafa game earlier in the week um, and then uh, the preview into the semifinal. So if you weren't following those or you weren't following any of it, um, Ra- Rafael Nadal uh, going for number 21. So there are three tennis players tied at 20 Grand Slam wins apiece. It's the big three. You you know the names. Roger Federer, uh, Novak Djokovic, and Rafael Nadal. Uh, now, as you all know, there was this big scandal, and Djokovic, who would have been the number one seed, was admitted entrance to the uh, tournament uh, on exemption for COVID status, but was not uh, entered into the country of Australia. Also, there was a soccer match going on like two blocks away where full capacity and everyone was on mask. I really don't understand, but maybe it's because local or whatever. But anyway, not not my business to get into Australian politics. But Djokovic denied entry, number one seed, out. So two things. One is with Federer still recovering uh, from injury, that left only Nadal to chase for the 21st Grand Slam win. Two is the highest remaining seed now is uh, Daniil Medvedev. Uh, who is awesome. You might know him, as ESPN likes to call him, Medvedev, um, which is, guys, it's really bad. Um, I I know not everyone speaks Russian. I don't even speak it very well at all. But but we should try to, we should try to do a little bit better on names. We're doing so well in, in respecting all of these people's names in, in America and, and all of these cultures, and it's beautiful. I mean, we should respect people's names. But Sharapova which she even gave up on it. One of the best tennis players of our generation, Sharapova. That's her last name. And that's even an Americanized bastardization pronunciation, but it's Sharapova. And it should not in any way be Sharapova. And she got so sick of it, she gave up on it. So I'm trying to start it here. 
Daniil Medvedev. Uh, it comes from the root Medved, which is bear, which is fun. And it kind of works with his ego, you know, because he's, he's the bad boy. Um, but anyway, so he was the two seed. And then you have uh, Raphael. So Rafa in the second round gets matched up with Hoffman and, and almost gets knocked out. Um, I mean, sixth seed really should have gone further than that, but just was having the the hardest time, had, had to battle back. Um, I actually did a six sports minute on it um, last Friday, like like uh, about a week and a half ago, if you want the exacts of that, but I had to battle back. Well, so he's coming back from injury, really, really getting it going and says the time on the court has been the most valuable thing for him. Well, that showed. Um, and it really showed. So so makes it the whole way. Uh, granted, in the quarterfinals, has a little bit of drama um, because... <laughs> so if you don't know, uh, he has a little bit of a tick uh, before he serves that every single time takes his non-racket hand and goes shoulder-shoulder, shoulder-shoulder, nose-ear, nose-ear, uh, and then wipes the... Uh, what I guess opposite side of his face with his sweatband and then wipes the inside of his face with his sweatband and then goes to serve um it it is endearing when you're cheering for him and kind of obnoxious if you're cheering against him uh but seriously it's every time um and every single time gets very close to having the time expire uh between serves um in addition to that Nadal loves to take his break so anytime there was a um a trainer break or or between sets would would kind of push for a little bit more time, um, and that in the quarterfinals, uh, apparently the wonderful Canadian he was going against thought he was getting a little too much time and a little favoritism. Um, Nadal also broke his racket during that one, uh, so so a little eventful in the quarterfinals, but battles through. Then Nadal gets to the semifinals and nothing won't work for him he is uh so he is famous he will take you on on your return and push you and make you go in to that far far corner um getting getting that backhand um the 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 spread shot like like when you're looking at the floor shot in basketball of where where guys have made and missed he he was hitting within inches of each other on all of these absolutely phenomenal performance um for two sets but then all of the sudden you have Matteo Berrettini battling back and just dominating in the third set. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, is he running out of gas? I mean, uh, as as Chris Fowler put it last night, or, oof, this morning, um, time waits for no man, uh, and and Nadal is getting up there. Uh, But Berrettini tore him up. Luckily, uh, Nadal then took back control in the fourth set, um, winning it 6-3, and, and, and I mean co- coasting, but but there was a big scare uh, because it was like crazy to see that after dominating, like li- literally dominating, nothing was not working for Nadal. It was the best absolute performance I have seen from him this entire tournament in those first two sets. Uh, and then to have him swept out from under him. Uh, also, they do say when you're down two sets, the, the rackets swing a little easier because you're like, hey, I, I don't have nothing to lose, but but I have a lot more to gain than I do to lose. Uh, and, and maybe maybe that sp- uh, speaks true for Matteo Berrettini. Um, but anyway, Nadal won that one, pushing him into the finals. So on the other side, you have uh, Daniil Medvedev, uh, who, who semi-uneventful tournament um, until the semifinals. Uh, that one was very close. So uh, he, he went against Stefanos uh, Tsitsipas, 
whose name I am working on pronouncing correctly. Uh, he's Greek. He is awesome. I mean, he's great. Yeah, he's the, the number four ranked going into this. Um, absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal tennis player. Um, but had trouble with that. Apparently, uh, Danny uh, thought that, you know, Stefanos was getting a little, uh, or maybe Stefanos, I think maybe just Stefanos. Well, we'll call him Steph. Uh, thought Steph was getting a little too much help from his father in the stands. So was yelling at the ref and was like, hey, you, you, you know, I, I, I'm talking to you. You look at me. Do you, do you not see this? Are you dumb? Uh, so, so a lot of drama in that one and that one going all five sets with um, uh, Tsitsipas winning the first two. Uh, oh, no, no. Uh, tying the first one, losing the first one in tiebreak but then winning the second set uh, and then having uh, Medvedev win the last two, um, demolishing in the last one. So, so good energy on that one. Uh, but anyway, so, so we got it. We got the final that we wanted, much like I'm getting the Super Bowl I wanted. We got the final we wanted. We have Medvedev, the young, upstart, angry guy who people still like cheering against, against Nadal. Uh, Nadal going for number 21, and Medvedev going for back-to-back. Now, that, that's very impressive. It still would have been history because Medvedev uh, won his first ever by taking out in three straight sets Djokovic in the U.S. Open this fall. And had he won uh, two, spoiler alert, he didn't, but had he won both, would have been the first time somebody won their first ever Grand Slam and followed it with their second Grand Slam win in consecutive. Um, also just would have been very impressive to take out two of the big three in consecutive tournaments. Um, so... We start first set, uh, Medvedev all all over Nadal. Um, everything was working. His length was just all to his benefit. N- Nadal was was playing at his tempo, um, try, trying to do drop shots, trying to get too cute with it, and uh, just just getting out served like crazy. I think it was a uh, tw- twenty one to four at one point before the last set. Excuse me if my stats aren't right on. This was 3.30 in the morning and went six hours with pregame and interview. Uh, but, so dominated the first set. Then second set was dominating and all of a sudden uh, gets the break point. But then, right after that, return break point by Nadal, battles it the whole way back to a tie break. Now, Medvedev does win the tie break. Uh, so now he's up two sets Two nothing, but clearly, clearly shaken. Um, and it unfortunately was all downhill from there for Medvedev and all uphill for Nadal. Um, the, the the impressive thing about uh, Medvedev is is he is so much a work in progress. There were some of these volleys that all he had to do was stick his racket out and block it, uh, and instead put a little too much of a flick in it, and it, and it shoots out long. Um, or going for too much on the second serve and having a double fault. Granted, uh, Nadal did qu- have quite a few when he was trying to battle back in that second set. Um, but very, very impressive. Because uh, Medvedev winning the second set, up two sets to nothing, and then Nadal just took over, uh, was getting back to his game, was making amazing shots, was was kind of tricking Medvedev into trying some shots he's not used to making, um, taking him out. He has a tremendous... Tremendous two-handed um, backhand that that just he places right on the line and with with ridiculous speed and accuracy uh, and got him out of it, got him out of his comfort zone and never ever settled down. Uh, won the next set six four six four and ultimately winning the final one seven five. Um, I was a little sad. I do. I am a Medvedev guy. 
He's he's young. He's still in progress. I can watch him for a long time. I, I feel like I've watched the majority of his career, which I like because uh, I like watching guys from the beginning, not jumping on the, the bandwagon. Um, but I, I, I'm all for it, uh, but I'm also all for greatness. And, and Nadal getting number 21, uh, congratulations. That, that was well, well earned. You had to fight for it every single step of the way, uh, even, even against uh, Mateo, get, getting ahead. Way to go. I mean, you, you are a legend. You battled through. You got your vaccine and got to play. And because of that, you are the all-time Grand Slam winner with 21. How how amazing and what a promising, promising career we have for Medvedev. Um, all right, guys. I am running long because I was so excited about these games and so excited about the Australian Open and so exhausted because I was watching these games at 3.30 in the morning all week. Uh, but wonderful, wonderful sports. I love sports. They are so awesome. When sports are this awesome, it is just so easy to love and so I, I hope your team won. I hope you loved it as much as I did. If there's something you want to see me cover, I will be doing a lot of Olympics coverage uh, starting coming up. I will also do uh, National Signing Day. But if there's something you think I am undercovering or needs more coverage, let me know because I, I love everything and love to watch everything. And my faith in all sports is renewed this week. So please let me know. I will cover it. Please tune in all week at noon Eastern Standard for Sook Sports Minutes and see you next weekend for Sook Sports Sunday. But thank you for listening this week. Hope your team won. Hope you're happy. Hope you love sports as much as I do. And thanks for listening to Sook Sports Sunday.